Welcome to Global Development Review Podcast. My guest for this episode is Anila Noor. Anila Noor is a policy influencer for inclusion, diversity and social justice, feminist ecosystem builder and activist, TEDx speaker and researcher based in the Netherlands. Recently Anila became member of European Commission expert group. She is also an advisor and expert consultant. Anila works with different institutions on designing engagement projects related to inclusion and diversity. She's also part of European Commission expert group. She was a fellow of Open Society Foundation and Anila also worked as a former member of European Migrant Advisory Board. Recently Anila also initiated New Women Connectors which is a movement striving for mainstreaming the unheard voices of migrant and refugee women living across the Europe. In this podcast we'll talk about refugees concern and what are loopholes and gaps in the policies related to refugees and migrants in the European Union. Anila will share her insights about the experiences of refugees and migrants with regard to European Union policies. and what needs to focus upon in these policies i welcome anila for this episode and i hope you enjoy this conversation anila welcome to global development review podcast and thank you for accepting my invitation and also sparing your time uh, for this interview you are very important person to this podcast in the sense that the topic that we are discussing is very important topic which which has become more relevant after the crisis happening across the world around refugees and migrant yes thank you so much uh, jafar first of all for inviting me and giving me this opportunity Uh, to uh, contribute to your podcast, which is a very good. I'm so happy, and uh, I'm really uh, congratulate for uh, taking the initiative and uh, collecting all the voices from all around the world. You have been working on several government and non-government uh, organizations and platforms on issues related to women rights, and uh, like you have been advising to governments in Netherlands and also in European Union. So I just would like to. ask based on your experiences like what are the challenges that you observe that the women like the migrant women they are facing these days in europe are the refugee women yeah, yeah. uh yes there are so many actually layers uh, in my engagement in different level um, uh, in the debate of uh, how we can have good integration inclusion uh, especially for women Uh, for migration background you can witness easily there are so many gaps i will not say um, some kind of a lack of motivation there is always a motivation uh, provided by states and international organization and policies they really want to improve and involve migrant and refugee women in this debate but actually the thing is that there are so many different kind of barriers which we really need to analyze and need to consider like when i was working as a policy advisor with city of amsterdam and then i noticed city of amsterdam is one of the best uh, cities if you consider in europe who are really taking innovation 
who's trying to involve migrant refugees when they are talking about policy, but they uh, face little bit barriers or challenges and uh, disconnection or distance from the communities when we see the system, how system or structure are working. So there is a systematic barrier, there is a systematic racism, unfortunately, there is a systematic challenge we really need to see because it's very easy to say when one city or one state or one organization say, oh, due to our system, we can't allow this because our system does not work this or we don't have these terms of condition. Then I think this is the thing we really need to change because change starts within any organization. There, we need to talk about the institutional change. We need to talk about personal change. We need to talk about the, uh, you know, how we even talking about, you know, if we talk about narration, how we define migrants, how we define refugee, how we define migration. If we are saying migrants or refugees are a burden, it, it means you are not recognizing their contribution. And this happens. Either they are cities or they are states, they are taking them as a, some uh, actors who are coming from the outside of the country, who do not have a potential, or who have a limit in their contribution towards their um, development. So this is a problematic uh, of understanding if you are not giving them a right to vote, not giving them right to say, to speak, to sit on the table of discussion of the policy. And these barriers are happening from so many years, so many years, it's not new. But in 2015, what happened when we have refugee crisis, so-called so refugee crisis, especially in Europe, then you can easily see they just show the panic. And this panic, again, uh, we witnessed when a uh, few weeks ago we saw the uh, Afghanistan crisis. This uh, European state, again, showing some kind of panic. And if without realizing how we can, you know, uh, act the pledge which the 12 countries made always say we are ambassadors of peace, we are ambassadors of human approach, we are ambassador of bringing the human rights implement, implementation, they ignore the need of humans and they just start, okay, how we can secure our borders, how we can secure our policy and how we protect our inner system. So instead of helping, we are just somehow talking, not implementing, not converting our words into the action. Yes. So, uh, I will come to uh, the crisis, uh, the migrant crisis and refugee crisis which is coming up. But before that, I just would like to ask you uh, about the policy gaps. Like, you have been working uh, with European Union, United Nations and, and also the city of Amsterdam. So, how do you see the policies on the paper and what are the uh, like gaps that you see in, in the policies of you know, related to refugees and migrants in European Union? Uh, well, uh, I will say in the policy making or the people who make policy, actually, unfortunately, they have again a quite distance from the community. Mostly, they understand uh, how we can put these high difficult jargons on the paper, how we can use difficult, the most difficult terms in the paper and how to make more complex suggestions or solutions. This is my personal observation, like we do not uh, make accurate accountability mm -hmm. in the policy, which is, oh, it will be nice to bring 
1,500 uh, refugees or migrants and just give them housing and uh, how we can integrate, how we can give them facility to labor market, to education. But they don't realize the difficulties. Unfortunately, it's just like you are talking about um, uh, to give a, a good uh, medicine to uh, uh, one person and you are not even talking to that person like what's your problem, what, mm. what you need and you're just saying okay this is a person who is sick or who is not able to walk or not able to talk and you just assume mm. with your assumption oh let's give him or her this kind of medicine and that person will be uh, recovered. And you, and if that person is not recovering, you say, oh, because that person didn't take the medicine, that's the reason. You know, always put mm. the blame on that, those communities. This mm. is happening in the policy. Mm. They, they hire those people who never have, mostly hire those people who never have a background of understanding of migration, mm. who never experienced migration and the difficulties of migration. As I mentioned earlier, there is a assumption, there is a stereotypical biasness. There are so much uh, uh, wrong uh, uh, narratives in in in, in Europe hmm. who are still thinking people from different backgrounds who came in different from different region. They have their own, um, you know, lack of interest in the work, and especially if. It goes to women, they say women do not want to work, they want to stay at home, they just want to look after their family. It is not so much true, but this is not of uh, the way you put, because how much you are giving them facilitation. These mm-hmm. communities, especially women, mm-hmm. if I say, when they come from developing countries, and you know, Jaffer, this easy assumption if you are a woman, you get married, you have children, and that's it. Hmm. No one asks you what you want to work, what you want to do, what you want to become. Hmm. Like you have the assumption from your son, hmm. from your male member. Hmm. And what happens in Europe when they migrate here, when they came here, or when they come here? Without asking them or giving them option, they say, okay, this is the rules, regulation, integration part. Hmm. You speak your host country's language you know how to earn and you have to contribute without giving them even access to the opportunity. Mm. And then they, women especially, they feel uh, left out and the pressure mm. to holding their own culture, to holding to their own uh, um, system, to looking after their families, but also this new barrier, this, this new burden, mm. like they have to move, they have to go outside to do the grocery, they have to look after their families and also to look like a good European newcomer. Hmm. So, uh, do you think that engagement with the refugees or migrant women is very less uh, when when we're talking about policies or practices related to migration or migrants? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think after 2015 and 16. Uh, this migration, especially global compact of refugees and global compact of migration came in with a new discussion. Uh, there, uh, I've been involved in refugee net, uh, networks like Global Refugee net, Network and other. We saw this discussion try to push, advocate to bring uh, refugees on the table. Like there's a slogan we always use, 
nothing about us without us. And mm-hmm. after this slogan, we really try to give the understanding this is very important to engage migrant and refugee in the debate. Regardless what kind of uh, theme or a sector, we really need to involve communities. Mm-hmm. And there, um, uh, we start advocating for meaningful participation because what happens, um, especially since 2015 and 16, everyone wants to listen a story of refugee. Oh, how you came to Europe, what your both story, how you survived, you know, just, mm-hmm. which is very important. Listening to voices, listening to stories are very important. But what we witness, especially, is become like a trend, new tokenization. So people just invite you mm-hmm. to listen to your story. They say, oh, we help these communities, we help these refugees, and now we are uh, saving them, you know. Hmm. Unfortunately, you, you can feel uh, uh, savior uh, culture is also hmm. uh, implying in humanitarian sector. Hmm. Like we are saving these victims, we are saving these vulnerable. So this this kind of trends are actually happening. So there are so many events. Even personally, my engagement, I have been inviting on a high level uh, debate hmm. on a European and global level. But now we advocating like. Yes, engagement is important. Representation is really important, but do not make them a decoration. Hmm. Do not invite us only to listen to our story, but understand hmm. why we are sharing our story. Our stories or our voice or our insight hmm. is like an embedded knowledge, and we are highlighting the gap. Hmm. So we need to work to include those gaps. That's why it is very important to involve migrants and refugees. Uh, whatever policy you want to change, but do not hmm. make them more vulnerable by presenting their victims, people of concern, or they are vulnerable. They are, but their position making them vulnerable. Hmm. They are personally communities of resilience who are using their resilience hmm. to cope with everything, like in COVID. Hmm. Who were the first respondents? They were migrant refugees who really were first responded to towards their community. Mm. Even UNICEF and other international actors, they stopped traveling, they stopped uh, 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 providing their services, but migrants, leaders, they never stopped. Mm. Yeah. I'm also asking, you were talking about COVID, so um, how do you see that the impact of COVID uh, on the migrant and refugees in European Union, across the Europe and do you think it has also uh, added uh, economic burden on them? Uh, yeah, I think since two years of this COVID situation of this pandemic, I am taking this one part of uh, opportunity of solidarity. Mm-hmm. Like pandemic or COVID give us a sense of oneness. You know, mm-hmm. if we say um, anywhere in the world right now, okay, pandemic and COVID, everyone do understand, but mm-hmm. this pandemic, but this COVID, mm-hmm. there's, there, there is a mutual or equal understanding of restriction of travel, restriction of health facilities, but the thing is that COVID really magnifies mm-hmm. who has the privilege, who have uh, to stay at home, who can have the safe environment, who have the access to vaccine, mm-hmm. and who has not. Inequality is really magnified during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. When we are talking about, oh, we really need to wash our hands, we really need to 
drink uh, uh, clean water, we really need to use this mask, but there we really need to keep the distance. But there are so many communities mm-hmm. who do not have the even privilege to have access to water, mm-hmm. even access to uh, uh, use and impl- uh, implement distance. They mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. So this, 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 this kind of incident shows like migrants especially who are moving one place to other and they have to because they are earning from their families. Mm. This restriction really, really putting them in danger, at risk, the most risk. And how you can see Europe, uh, we are easily getting vaccination and still there are so many communities even they don't know how they can get vaccine. Mm. So yeah. I think this this kind of pandemic um, really show you the differences of developed countries' privilege mm. and developing countries' struggle. Mm. And migrant and refugee are the most uh, on the, at the position of vulnerability. Mm. They are the first easy hit mm. to get more affected. Mm. So when we are thinking about this restriction, we really need to counter and there are actually so many uh, organizations who do understand and they are providing how vaccine uh, is not been uh, providing in so many communities and how we need to improve the situation but again then if I talk about with a gender lens again the woman mm-hmm. the most vulnerable mm-hmm. because uh, in the vaccine situation do we have this medical test for the woman who are pregnant, who is not pregnant or who want to be get pregnant, who have some kind of female uh, health issues, how we consider them mm. and how we can give them more information. Like if I being a woman, as a refugee woman, I don't know speak my host country languages and whom I go and ask for the information. Mm. Are we providing them translation? So there are so many layers of barriers we really need to uh, consider. I mean, yeah, it's a very important point, like, when you're coming from one culture to another culture, so the host country should have, like, kind of, you know, uh, facilities to uh, provide you all the informations or, you know, you, you assimilate you in that host culture. And I think this is very important point that you're raising, that the European countries where who are hosting the migrants, they, they need to also establish a kind of structure or system which which smoothly do the transition of you know person coming from a country and to other country. Also, uh, Anila, you are also advocating the uh, refugee-led policies uh, perspective in European U- Union. So I just would like to understand that what do you mean by refugee-led perspective in the policies and how we can you know adopt that uh, kind of uh, uh, perspective in in actually implementation of the policies like what you have already <coughs> shared that there are you know poli- there is a disengagement between the policy makers and the communities so they are sitting on the other side of the fence and then they are making the policies so what is actually the women led uh, refugee led perspective in yeah, uh, thank you, Jeffrey, for this question. I think this is really uh, the center of my life right now, what I am doing or advocating for. Because if someone asks me uh, what you do, I, I, I will get confused. I don't know what I do, but because my life is my work and my work is my life. Mm. So this both 
uh, approaches we are talking about refugee led like in short term we use rlo refugee led organization and uh, women led refugee because i was working for women's right and with, to bring the uh, gender uh, perspective uh, in, in our work uh, there and we were talking about to have the right to vote to have the right of id card and this kind of you know the south asian culture there is so much a uh, difficulty for women uh, to be involved uh, in the policies or changing the policies and then i moved to europe and as a newcomer when i start working um, on the policy level on the european level then i noticed similar barriers or distance is there people are again talking about refugees talking about women without refugees mm. like everyone especially in the scenario of uh, refugee crisis everyone become like a friend talking about refugee how to help them how to do them but no one is talking with refugees mm. and there we start advocating and we involve okay you really need to understand because if you see the professor heart uh, participation letter mm. the professor heart really very uh, brilliantly explain how people can be involved he talk about youth and civic engagement and citizenship in the participation letter and if you see uh, migrant refugee and especially women they always remain mostly in the exploitation and the tokenization stuff mm. they involve just to be informed okay you will come on this event mm-hmm. you know that space is there the engagement of this space is, is also have a uh, um, cube of power so people international organization unfortunately they are holding the power and decision and information and they just invite migrant and refugee especially women just for the one event mm-hmm. and they say okay come share your story and that's it and we don't know as a, a, a person of concern if i say unicia uses the a person of concern when they are involving refugees they just give you a limited um uh, information and you be invited on the invited close spaces mm-hmm. you don't have that much influence how you can change and make decisions mm-hmm. so what refugee led organization are trying to do refugee led means 90 to 100% they are led by refugees uh, mm. uh, people of communities or persons who have refugee background or migration background mm. who know the journey who mm. know the struggle mm. it's not difficult for them to understand what is uh, asylum procedure what is integration how uh, we are facing difficulties as a newcomer or refugees in a host community mm. it's easy for them and they have the one who has really uh, roots in the debate mm-hmm. they will not take more time to understand if i say okay how refugees has the right to work or not they know mm. they already know the difficulties so that's why it's really important refugee led organization or initiative to work as a partner mm. not only as a invite only on the event but work with them and what about women led uh, organization because as i said um, in south asian culture when i was working with women right when i came and start working in europe it was shock for me 
again, women has so much less opportunity to engage, and there is so much uh, barrier for them. Hmm. There is a so much racism, a stereotypical image of women that they only uh, want to stay at home and they have less to contribute. And all the integration policies, mostly in the European countries, hmm. they more flexible for men to follow instead of females. Women, they are facing more um, challenges. And if you talk about uh, gender community from LGBTIQ, they are having still so many barriers, even in Europe. Mm-hmm. And why I'm saying this is a big shock for me, because we consider Europe as a developed country. Mm-hmm. They have in place all the system and um, all the functions, but in reality, implementation is not working. Mm-hmm. It's still so much uh, overlooked. Uh, shadows there who is not helping migrant and refugee women to integrate the way they should be. Yeah. So, uh, as I understand, like what you mean by refugee led at organization and the perspective is that rather than making us a token in the conferences and seminars and discussions, make us as a partner in policy making. Right. Also, Anila, you are working. Uh, like you are also leading an organization that I know is Women Connected. So I also would like to know like about your organization and and uh, what are its aims and what are the policies or projects that you are working on. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm actually uh, co-leading two organizations. One is a uh, uh, global refugee led network. Mm-hmm. which is really trying to bring the refugee voices or refugee communities from different parts of the world. And um, we, we are uh, um, 10 to 12 um, people who work as a steering committee of Global Refugee Led Network, and we are trying to bring different perspectives. Because regardless if you are living in Latin America or in Bangladesh or in, um, in, in Europe, in Kampala, mm-hmm. your barriers of being a refugee is, is so shocked if you attend you is so similar. There are so many barriers, so many distance. So we are trying to bring these all voices together and we are trying to feed in when we are global level. Like uh, nowadays we are thinking about the definition of refugee which happened in the Second World War hmm. in 1951. But unfortunately so far the definition hmm. of refugee, who is refugee, is, is, it was quite European-led. Mm-hmm. Because it happened after Second World War, mm-hmm. and they they really do not uh, give that much uh, space for the people who are coming from different mm-hmm. culture, different countries, and it's still so much um, uh, limited in the definition of refugee. Then they made global refugee um, global uh, forum, sorry, global compact on refugee. Mm-hmm. They really define how we help and to bring different uh, communities to bring the lens of diversity, to bring the lens of gender, to bring the lens of inclusion. This, there, we are really still trying to bring how these domains of policies are still not that much included refugees. So we, as a refugee representative, we are feeding in and advocating. But are the barriers of refugees living in different countries? In the camps, they are stateless. They are undocumented, they are asylum, and there are so many people who couldn't even get uh, the requisition of card from UNICEF and how this becoming like a business. And they are facing more 
Canada Bay big, uh, becoming victim of human trafficking, mm-hmm. and they uh, forced to choose illegal pathways. There are mm-hmm. so many things. Uh, I will not go to the legal mm-hmm. pathways and irregular migration. It's mm-hmm. become a, like a more uh, episode. We can <laughs> talk about later. But yeah. this kind of understanding, like when you become uh, unite on a global level, we do understand. Yeah. This is one part. And second, uh, I'm a founder of New Women Connectors, uh, which is based in Netherlands, but it's working on a European level and bringing gender perspective to the policy. Because unfortunately, as I mentioned, it was a shock for me when I realized um, a gender perspective or feminist approach mm. is missing. All policies which is happening, they are not that much sensitive to gender perspective or feminist lens. So that's why we are providing a platform where we invite migrant refugee women, especially mm-hmm. who share their voice, their insights, their stories, to give uh, the links uh, to the policymakers and also policymakers getting training from us how we can involve migrant and refugee in the policy debate, what is meaningful participation, how to bring uh, mainstreaming, how we can evaluate, how we can work. Mm-hmm. And we are really trying to co design as a partner. When we are talking about migrants and refugees in any kind of policy, either education, labor market, mm. or a right to vote, or even political participation, and what is inclusion and what is civic engagement. We are mm. really trying to unpack and to bring knowledges together. Connectors mean we are connecting. Mm-hmm. There are so many gaps happening here and there. Mm. And we are trying to bring with a new approach, with a feminist approach, to connect with these. Uh, together, so we can create more longer term impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Uh, it's really inspiring uh, to uh, have an interview uh, with you, Anila, and learn so much from your experience and insights. Uh, thank you very much for joining uh, this podcast, and I hope uh, the the perspective that you are, you know, sharing reaches to the audience uh, which which works at the policy level in in european union so thank you very much again for this thank you again thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure sharing my experiences thank you